From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Caleb McCleskey. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, a historic building in Athens is getting much needed renovations. Oh my, look, look at that crack there. Wow. Oh, they're so precarious. And students consider their future career paths outside the classroom. I just really want to do something that I'm passionate about. So whether that's animal genetics or animal nutrition, I think Green Acres has really showed me like what all goes into those impacts and like really what my future career could potentially end up. These stories and more right here on The Outlet. Mount Zion Baptist Church was once a hub for the Southeast Ohio black community. The building still stands, but the windows are deteriorating. Outlet reporter Ariel Lyons learned about the efforts of how the windows could be restored. By June. Mount Zion Preservation Society board member Dr. T. Ford Ahmed takes us inside the church to see its iconic stained glass windows. One of them lay shattered on the ground. Those that still stand are still intact, but after looking closely, you'll notice they have a few cracks. Oh my, look, look at that crack there. Wow. Oh, they're so precarious. One of them is taped together so it doesn't fall apart. Ford Ahmed says saving the church was a no-brainer for her after hearing about its predicament. She also says Berry Day Week is helping save the most important part of the church. And it's just wonderful, and they're all contributing uh, to our effort to save the most precious piece of this edifice, and that's the stained glass windows, which have been valued at over a million dollars. And we need to have them removed and stored while we redo the building. Berry Day Week was an Athens-wide event with several partner businesses offering berry specials. Berry Day marks the day the historical marker was put up in front of the original site of the Black-owned Berry Hotel, which was operated by Edward and Martha Berry from 1892 to 1921. The hotel became well-known throughout the country for its superior service and had famous guests like Bob Hope, Robert Frost, and several presidents. The building was torn down in 1974. Fort Ahmed said part of the process of removing and restoring the windows while the church is redone is to have a company based in California operate that part of the project. The windows must be handled with care since they were made with such specific design over a hundred years ago. Besides events like Berry Day Week, Mount Zion has been receiving grants as most of its fundraising. The National Trust for Historic Preservation gave Mount Zion a large grant, and so did local organizations like the Athens County Rotary. As Mount Zion once gave to this tight-knit community, the community now gives back to restore an important piece of Athens history. Reporting for The Outlet, I'm Arielle Lyons in Athens. Just over two dozen middle school students in Muskingum County are spending the week exploring what opportunities they could have after finishing high school. Outlet reporter Connor Woodruff visited the Career Connections Camp to learn more about the deeper lessons the students are learning in the week-long camp. A row of over 20 middle schoolers are linked leg-to-leg in front of Elson Hall at Ohio University's Zanesville campus. They've been tasked with lining up in order of their birth month without saying a word. 
A facilitator travels down the line to see how well they did. What's your birth month? November. November? November. It's part of the Thinking Outside the Box session at the Career Connections Camp at Ohio University Zanesville. But the fun and games have a deeper lesson for the 25 black middle school students from the Zanesville area taking part in the camp. Camp coordinator Kyle Johnson knows what it's like to be in these students' shoes. He's walked in them too. My heart gets real heavy when I work with, um, with, uh, with kids that come from my same background. Um, Which is why running this camp that aims to empower students to see a world of possibilities is so important to Kyle. It's work he's been doing since high school. And I've kind of been engaged and involved and um, interested in these, this, especially this demographic since I was um, a junior in high school. This is what drives Ashonda Underwood, one of the other facilitators. Ashonda says she has an obligation to support this generation of African Americans to help them fully realize that they too can be successful. As a black youth in Zanesville, you're usually a handful in a classroom. There's not really a lot of other people that look like you. I want them to understand that they are not defined by their blackness. That even though the color of their skin may be darker in pigmentation, it doesn't mean that they are limited to what they can accomplish. This week-long camp includes visits to three different college campuses and sessions with people in different professions. They've received lectures on healthcare, cosmetology, and sports with a special presentation on local black business owners. I learned about a lot about the different opportunities I have and things I can do with my life. That was Nathan Parker, an eighth grader who has been going to the camp for two years now. The camp's facilitators want kids like Nathan to experience a sense of community a space to have real conversations about their life experiences. We have some black youth who kind of fall through the cracks. So we're here to kind of help fill in those barriers, fill in those cracks so that they can be successful. Lessons the camp's organizers hope will set the students up for future success. They're going to be empowered, they're going to be motivated, and they're most importantly they're being told and they're going to believe that they can do and achieve anything that they put their minds to. Reporting for The Outlet, I'm Connor Woodruff in Zanesville. Washington County is taking steps to keep people in mental health crises out of the courtroom. Reporter Reese Thompson looks at what that entails for law enforcement. A new approach to help people with mental health issues in Washington County means people who need help won't necessarily end up in court. The, the criminal justice system is not for everybody and um, that's not necessarily the help they need. Instead. The county offers crisis intervention training to give first responders more tools when handling people having a mental health crisis. Assistant Director of Washington County Behavioral Health Board George Goddard talks about how law enforcement plans to safely resolve situations in a nonviolent manner. By de-escalating a situation and finding out that it actually is a mental health issue versus uh, somebody that's just being willfully uh, breaking the law, um, that there's an opportunity to interact with them to get them connected to services. Marietta Police Detective A.J. Linscott says the training teaches the department's officers a more compassionate approach to interacting with people in crisis. And slowing things down, talking to them, um, not being judgmental, you know, just uh, try to f meet them where they're at. Officials hope by connecting someone in crisis to the right resources, 
will help break the cycle of people repeatedly entering the criminal justice system because of mental health challenges. You're approaching somebody with the idea that I can help this person rather than they need to stop what they're doing. Marietta Memorial Hospital Director of Behavioral Health Services Linda Sistrunk says the need to address mental health is a growing issue. In the past four years, we've seen about a 25 to 30% increase in patients who are coming to the emergency room for mental health and substance use crisis. Sistrunk says that is all the more reason for different agencies to work together. They are now collaborators with the community health agencies in order to get people care. And it's, it's not a simple fix by um, charging with criminal charges and then taking to jail. city government in Nelsonville is under a cloud because of ongoing issues. Our own Haley Hollinger is here to break down all the drama happening at City Hall. Starting with the city manager. Now, as of today, Nelsonville still doesn't have a city manager. Is that correct, Haley? Technically, no, they don't. The police chief is acting city manager, but the city still needs a permanent or interim manager. Do they have any updates on when the next city manager will be hired? No, not really. The next uh, city council meeting is June 12th. At that meeting, they're going to interview potential council members. The city manager most likely will not be determined at that time. So without the presence of a city manager, how will that impact the community of Nelsonville? Without a city manager, the city is without a crucial leader. The chief of police now has to juggle the responsibilities of being the chief and being manager. That's not an easy gig. A uh, city manager is essentially the overseer of the city, and without one, a community loses the attention and direction it receives with a manager. That's not to put down the chief. He's just one person fulfilling two roles. So I hear there's a recent lawsuit against the city of Nelsonville as well. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, so the lawsuit is Hunter versus Nelsonville. Hunter, as in Gary Hunter, their former attorney. Hunter began with the city in 2012 as a city attorney, and in 2018 he was hired on for a sewer project for the city. There are bills then from 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021 listed in the lawsuit that he claims have not been paid. He left the city in 2021. They hired a new attorney. He filed this lawsuit in May of 2023, still with the claims that he has not been paid the money from those years, 2018, 2019, 2020, and even a couple months into 2021. So there's no court date set yet. I have been in contact with the city auditor. I've not been able to get a comment from Hunter, but there is no set court date at the moment. You can find more of Haley's reporting on Nelsonville at WAB's website at woub.org. Deep in the rolling hills of southeast Ohio and just down the road from Shenandoah High School is Green Acres Farm. Outlet reporter Morgan Anderson has more on how the farm is growing success for students in Noble County. For Shenandoah High School student Eliza Carpenter, getting stuck in the mud on a side-by-side -side while checking up on the cow pastures at Green Acres Farm isn't unusual. 
What is unusual though, is who's running the farm. It's more than a hundred agricultural education students from the high school. Noble Local School District Superintendent Justin Dinas says for these students, getting them engaged in their education just isn't a problem. We, we basically have to tell them it's, we have to go home at some point. They want to be here. Here on the farm, any chance they get. When I wasn't in class and like say at a study hall or one of my teachers weren't here, I'd come down and help vaccinate the cattle. That's Eliza Carpenter. And when she's not vaccinating cattle, she's feeding them or using a drone to check on pastures. Yeah, so right now he's at 352 feet. The 150 student agricultural education program is taught by three instructors, Eric Van Fleet, Matt Wentworth, and Jesse Pahundis. Pahundis, who the students lovingly refer to as Mrs. JP, teaches a course on drones. Students learn how to do everything from general drone operations to professional video filming. Pahundis says it's a part of career development. Oh, it's awesome. And uh, by the end of the course, my kids, they took the licensure, so they're able to actually fly commercially from um, zero point, well, half a pound to 55 pound drone. Using new technology is all part of the district's mission as a STEM designated district. But Superintendent Dinas says he prefers STEAM, standing for science, technology, engineering, agriculture, and mathematics. Typically, the A stands for arts, but at Noble, it stands for agriculture. Each year, the program elects a student to serve as the farm manager. The student will do everything from keeping farm records to managing the livestock feeding schedule. Former Shenandoah FFA chapter president, Brooke Stotsbury, who just graduated, was the farm manager this past school year. And she said she can't imagine her high school career without it. So this has been like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I don't think if I went to any other school, I would have ever been blessed with something like this. It's truly been, like, overwhelming with how many experiences and opportunities I've been given. Stotsbury is a third-generation beef farmer born and raised on a cattle farm. Between growing up in agriculture on her family's farm and working on one at school, she said she wants to continue to work in ag. I just really want to do something that I'm passionate about. So whether that's animal genetics or animal nutrition, I think Green Acres has really shown me like what all goes into those impacts and like really what my future career could potentially end up. And as that theme song goes, farm living is definitely the life for these students, helping guide their future career choices. Reporting for the outlet, I'm Morgan Anderson in Noble County. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The outlet is produced each week by me, Kayla McCleskey. We're edited by Teach Bidea, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Ridge is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy our show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts, or find us online at woub.org. They can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore WOUB and Instagram at newswatch underscore WOUB. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.